Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared. Here's Patricia Raskin with Positive Living on the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. I'm always so happy to be part of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. And what we really try to do on Positive Living is to give you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. We're now in year number four of this program. I totally believe in the power of the Internet, and I'm very honored to be on and to bring you such great guests that come on every week. And I have such an interesting program for you today, and I have met this woman, and she's just delightful. My guest is Emil Jenkins, and she is the author of Stealing with Style, which is actually a novel, but it's about the world of antiques. Emil Jenkins is a longtime antiques appraiser. She's worked at two auction houses and has written numerous books and articles on antiques, as well as a syndicated column. She's the author of Emil Jenkins' appraisal book, Emil Jenkins' Southern Christmas, The Book of American Traditions, and From Storebought to Homemade, among others. Welcome, Emil. Well, thank you so much. It's delightful to be here. Well, you know, a lot of our listeners are not antique people, but some are. But, you know, I think this, this subject, Emil, is more broad than just antiques. It's looking at history. What, you know, where did these pieces come from? What did our parents choose to leave us? What is that one piece that our great-grandparent had, and how come it made our way to us? Talk about that. Well, you're absolutely right. And, of course, as a, oh, I call myself a lightweight historian, light to do, um, but I'd say that craftsmanship is so important. If you can pass down your talent to the next generation through something you make and create, then that's a wonderful and positive thing. And, of course, that's one reason why we like antiques is because it does show us what previous generations have done, but there's much more. Patricia, in your book, you talk about how you should find your legacy, how you should mm-hmm. find your heritage. Right. And it is so often true that it is a treasured object that is right under your nose, is in your home, something that you love that really holds the key to wonderful stories of your own legacy, your family's legacy. And uh, this is, to me, a big way to connect with the previous generations and the future generations, to pass that legacy on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Emil, here, here's the dilemma, and because I, I found this in my own life. You know, you have this piece, and you're looking at it, and you're saying, you know, I know this is in my family, and it's really beautiful, but it's not my taste. It doesn't go with anything that I have. I can't get away because I feel guilty. I don't know what to do. Emma, what do you do? Well, first of all, you pick and choose among those things. Don't think that you have to keep it all. So pick one or two things that have meaning to you, and they will grow in greater meaning. But then those other things... Of course, there are ways you can sell them and get rid of them and so forth, but my secret is always give the things you love Mm -hmm. to the people you love. Mm. 
I was an appraiser for, oh, I say a thousand and three years, <laughs> for many, many years. And I would go into a person's home. Perhaps it would be an estate. Perhaps it would just be uh, for insurance purposes, whatever reason. And sometimes I would be greeted with this sort of comment. Oh, just tell me what all this stuff is worth so I can do something with it. But more often, it would be someone would take me to one particular piece and say, isn't this lovely? This was a wedding present, or this was a birthday present when I was 12 years old, or this was just a special gift that was given to me. doesn't matter when. Mm-hmm. And it was given to me by, let's say, Mrs. Patrick. And then they'd start telling me all about Mrs. Patrick. And Mrs. Patrick would be continuing to live in that piece and the stories and the love that that recipient of the present felt for that person who had given it to them, just shown all over the place. So that's what I say. Give something that you love, but you no longer have place for in your home or that doesn't suit your needs at the moment or whatever. Give it to someone you love and pass the stories on. Mm, Okay. So you kind of have to go partially with your taste and partially with really making a good selection of who you think it should go to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, don't give it to someone who's going to not appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to what people say when they're in your home, though. You know, it used to be a tradition in England. If the queen was ever a guest in your home and she complimented something, you had to give it to her. <laughs> well, you don't have to do that exactly. But mm-hmm. rather, if someone does come to your home, whether or not it's a little child who's come in and admires a doll that you had when you were a young child, child and you're thinking about getting rid of all your dolls, or whether or not it's an older person who admires a certain piece, then think about giving that piece to that particular mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. What about when you have to do some major weeding out because you're, you know, you're scaling down on your lifestyle, or you're leaving your large home, or you're retiring, or you're moving to another city, or you're closing out your parents' home or apartment. So what do you do with all these things you've accumulated over the years? Well, from a very practical point of view... Uh, there, there are always the auction houses. There's mm-hmm. always calling in the antiques dealer. And that's a good way that you're able to make money and mm-hmm. to use the uh, things that even you've accumulated or things that other people have given you, whatever, and to do something uh, more specific with it. And then don't forget all the charities. But the charities aren't just the obvious ones. They aren't just the Salvation Army, Goodwill, or... Uh, a church or whatever, mm-hmm. think also about some of the cultural activities that go on in your community. Yeah. For example, Little Theater. Uh, when I had to clean out my grandmother's home, I gave many of her, her things and actually items that she had had and kept from previous generations to the Little Theater group. Mm-hmm. And they were delighted to have them called. You know, I did that too. My mother had a lot of very fancy elaborate gowns. Yeah. And I did that too. I brought them to the theater. Because right. they're gorgeous. But I mean, it's a waste to put them in your closet when you're not going to use them. Oh, exactly. Now, some very ingenious people could make quilts out of them and do those things. Yeah. But I couldn't. And so I kept them alive by passing them on to someone else who would enjoy them, use them, and be able to uh, enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, we have a few minutes left. Let's talk about some other things around antiques exactly. Um, how do you know 
if an antique is worth something. Now, I know you can go to an appraiser. Are all appraisers the same? I mean, what should we do if we have something valuable? Do we get two or three opinions? What do you think? Well, first of all, look at the object itself and ask you, what condition is the object in? Um, this is the biggest mistake a lot of people make, is they think just because something is old, it's valuable. That is not necessarily true. Uh, you have to look at the quality. You have to look at the condition. You have to recognize its rarity. Sometimes it is only the appraiser who can tell you that. The best suggestion I can give to you is, you might be able to do some of your own research about checking in, golly, Moses, with the wonderful Internet these days, you can go onto Google, onto eBay, you can watch the Antiques Roadshow, you can do a lot of research mm -hmm. yourself. But if you call in an appraiser, try to find someone who is a certified appraiser. Not licensed. Appraisers don't have to be licensed but certified by either the American Society of Appraisers or the Appraisers Association of America or the International Society of Appraisers. And if you hire an appraiser, even if it's just a locally known person, be sure they never, ever, under any circumstances, make that underlined and italicized, mm -hmm. charge a percentage of the value of the piece. They should be selling their knowledge and their time as a service to you and not taking a percentage of the value of what why why do you say that because What's wrong with that because it lets if they increase the value of a piece and charge you a percentage of that value then they are increasing their take home pay and so uh, there's always a range for the value of anything. You know that from selling a car or buying a house mm -hmm. as well as antiques. A piece may have a value of between $10,000 and $12,000. But if the appraiser puts down 12000 at the top range of that value and his or her paycheck, is dependent upon what value the book, yeah. then they're increasing their take-home pay. Mm -hmm. So, number one, never hire... Plant what they tell you, right? What? That's going to affect what they tell you. Well, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, never hire an appraiser who charges a percentage and never sell an object that has been appraised to the appraiser because there's always the chance, doesn't happen often, but it can happen in the realm of possibility, that an appraiser will know the owner doesn't recognize what something is, mm. will put a lower value on it, oh. and then say, well, you know, it's not worth that much. I'll just, I'll buy it from you. Or they'll say, I'll barter with you. Don't bother to pay me for my appraisal services. Okay, so, so let me go back. So the appraiser, you pay the appraiser a fee to appraise it. Right. Period. A set fee. A set fee. But, but you could go to a store, an antique store, and they could buy it from you, correct? Yes. That's totally different. Okay. Then you are then at that point saying, I want to get rid of this thing. I don't care what. Uh, could you please buy it from me? And the antique dealer says, I'll give you $500 for it. And you say, sold. You're happy to get rid of it. But if you go to the trouble to get an appraiser, you are looking for an appraised value, not what someone will pay you 
for it, but what is the item in a bigger market? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you sell it, if you auction it, if it's for estate purposes, for whatever. Right. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Emil Jenkins, and her book is Stealing with Style. And we're talking about, this is a novel, and it's a novel about antiques. Emil Jenkins is a longtime antiques appraiser, very experienced, has written many books. And her website is, is it Stealing with Style, Emil, or is it EmilJenkins.com or both? It's EmilJenkins.com. E-M-Y-L-J-E-N-K-I-N-S.com. Folks, if you have questions, anything about antiques, if you'd like a question about something that you have and you're not sure about the value, or you just have a general question about the history of antiques or antiques, your own, uh, give us a call right now uh, during the break or right after the break at 888-335-5204. Positive Living is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific right here on VoiceAmerica.com. America's Voice. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia. Back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Information you need, when you need it. VoiceAmerica.com This is Dr. Pat Basile, and I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. If you are a self-published author or an independent publisher, you know how difficult it is to gain maximum exposure. For the latest ways to increase publicity for your work, tune in to On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Maxine will interview thriving independent authors and give you the opportunity to call in and have your questions answered. She will also teach you fresh and innovative ways to gain more visibility and enhance sales for your book. The printed word has the ability to record culture and make history. Once again, that's On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Make your words count on voiceamerica.com. Ever wonder what's in your future? Why you are the way you are? Or what your dreams really mean? Then tune in and call in to The Jackie Marie Show with professional psychic Jackie Marie. With over a reported 90% accuracy in her psychic predictions, Jackie Marie answers your questions on psychic phenomenon, dream interpretation, numerology, astrology, hypnosis, recognizing your own psychic gifts, and so much more. Along with her co-host, Alan Richard, Jackie also provides her psychic insight on celebrities, politicians, new items, and a mystery of the week. That's The Jackie Marie Show, broadcast every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, on voiceamerica.com. 
Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. I'm always so honored and flattered and, and just really excited to be on Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power. The Internet is the future. future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy and successful lives. You can call us right now at, uh, at 888-335-5204. Positive Living is on voiceamerica.com on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. So give us a call, particularly today. We have on an antiques expert. Now, this isn't an antiques show, but it's about the value of history and what do you do with the things in your life that have value to others but may not have personal value or meaning to you, and how do you handle these precious treasures, which is what they are. My guest today is Emil Jenkins. Her book is Stealing with Style, which is a novel. And Emil Jenkins is a very experienced and longtime antiques appraiser. She's worked at two auction houses and has written numerous books and articles on antiques, as well as a syndicated column. And her book, Sailing with Style, is a novel. So she writes a lot about antiques in this novel. Welcome back, Emil. Well, thank you so much. All right. Here is a question um, right from your book. In your book, one of your characters is Saul Hobstein. And he had a whole treasure trove of figures, but he didn't even know they were valuable. So the question is, how often does that happen? More often than most people would like to think. So what do you do? Don't throw your junk away? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, what you do is you try to do what Saul did in the book. And that's one reason why I wrote this as a novel. So often people read nonfiction books, they like nonfiction, and they get the information out. But there are those readers who say, I like to learn things through reading about the experiences that people have. And, of course, that's where the novels come in. So I took all the experience I had gathered over the years and turned it into some real characters and uh, created this book, Dealing with Style. And Hobbes in the book actually is sitting on a treasure trove of things that he had had in his family for one and two generations. But because they were there in his family, he had lived with them all the time, he simply did not understand how very, very valuable they were. And luckily, he turned to the protagonist, whose name is Sterling Glass, uh, an appraiser, to try to find out about these. And the value of these objects was just Mm -hmm. amazing. He still didn't believe her at times, and that's part of the story. And a bad guy, quote-unquote, had discovered that he had them, and, of course, he goes after them and tries to get them from Mr. Hobson. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the adventure of the novel. But, yes, you if you have something that you really are curious about, particularly if it's a collection, then Mm -hmm. this is where you need to either do your own investigation or look to someone for help. And oftentimes you can do it as simply as asking someone at a museum. They may not be able to give you values. Most museum curators are not supposed to give you values. But they can lead you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, if you have any questions, 
uh, really do some research because you may be giving away something that's very valuable that you have no idea about. Absolutely, and there are many places you can go. I've yeah. mentioned the yeah. Internet. Check things out on eBay, which mm-hmm. gives you a real genuine feeling for them. Do your research on Google and some of the other ways to do research. And uh, also, you can spend a little bit of time in your library. There's nothing wrong with that. Ask the librarian where the books on antiques are. And you can always write to one of the uh, uh, appraisal columns Mm -hmm. that appear in almost every newspaper or magazine these days because people want to know these things are worth money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, on the other side of that, playing devil's advocate a little bit, Mm -hmm. there are people that will talk down antiques. They say, oh, they're just material possessions, and, you know, they really don't mean that much, and they're just clutter. What do you say to that? I say that if that's the way you feel, then two things. Number one, think that these quote-unquote antiques, which come from a previous generation, are the creation of the mind and the talent that people have, and they are expressing themselves and showing their view of life through the things they create and passing that on to the next generation, which gives us a sense of knowing where our ideas come from, where we're going. It tells us more about ourselves. So if there is that rich tradition of creativity that comes through objects, material possessions, which I think we should all be aware of. Um, Not become possessed by it or obsessed by it, but just an appreciation for it. No better place to do that than to visit museums. Mm -hmm. But then the other side of it is that I remember hearing the fellow who was responsible for distributing the money after 9-11 and an interviewer asked him, I guess the first thing everybody wanted to know when they came into your office was how much money I'm going to get, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, absolutely not. The first comment made by family members was always about some little object, something, some material possession that the person who unfortunately had died in the 9-11 event had had. And that object, whether or not it was a locket or a medal or a picture that was on their desk or something, to the family was a, a vestige of that person's life. Mm-hmm. If you look at it that way, it's totally different. Yes, exactly. So totally that's my answer to that question. <laughs> well, then let's, let's carry that. Let's take that note farther because this happens for a lot of us. Let's say you have something that really is a vestige of that person. And you really love it, it, but now that person has either passed on or there's a divorce or there's been a break in the relationship or there's something that instead of leaving a wonderful taste in your mouth leaves the opposite. And this is a dilemma. What do you do, Emma, with that piece that you love, you want to keep, but you look at it and it reminds you or brings up painful memories? What do you do? That is a wonderful question, and I don't know that anyone has ever asked me that before, mm-hmm. Patricia. I would probably say to put it away. Okay. Time is a wonderful healer, 
And very often we have bad feelings which dissipate over the years mm-hmm. as we turn towards more positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And we take a more positive attitude. And we may even find that that breakup or that sadness in our lives was a way of opening a door to a new life and turned something which we thought at the time was very negative into a wonderful, positive experience. I can think of a situation within my own life where I had that exact thing happen. Mm -hmm. Very, very unhappy time. I never thought I would be able to look back at that and think of anything good. And now that years have passed, I understand that the pain I went through turned me into a different person. And I look back now on that whole experience as being, well, unfortunate, and I wish it hadn't happened, but a very positive part of who I am now. And now I can look back at the objects that were associated with that time and smile and say, oh, this is okay. This has helped me to reach Mm -hmm. a new plateau in Mm -hmm. my life. So, you know, it's interesting because the element of forgiveness actually ties into the object, doesn't it? It does indeed. It truly does. And uh, here again, little things that that you may have hidden away for some reason that is painful to you may be discovered by another generation Mm -hmm. later on, and they won't know about it, and they will see this as a treasure. My husband's... um, Grandmother was Jewish. My husband is a very devout Christian, and his mother just recently died. And we found among her things wonderful uh, Star of David and other memorabilia, Mm -hmm. which is giving us so much joy and delight. And I'm sure that my mother-in-law just put it away because it was not part of her life. Now it is giving us renewed life. So you never know when something is just going to open doors to uh, next generation. Excellent. All right. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about the value of antiques and maybe some of the typical questions that people ask you, Emil. You know, I'm sure you get similar questions over and over again. And uh, we're going to go over that. My guest is Emil Jenkins, and her website is emiljenkins.com, which is E-M-Y-L-J-E-N-K-I-N-S.com. Her novel is Spelling with Style, and it's really a fabulously entertaining novel. It's an intricate story and wonderfully portrayed characters, really drawn into the world of antiques. But it's deeper than that. It's all about understanding the value of history and treasured items, and and so it's very interesting. And Emil Jenkins has been an experienced appraiser for many, many years. She has worked at two auction houses and has written numerous books and articles on antiques, as well as a syndicated column. And again, you can log on to emiljenkins.com. Folks, just to remind you that this show, Positive Living, is on voiceamerica.com. And it's always on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And it's rebroadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And my shows are archived on the Voice America site. You can also go to my site, Raskin Resources, and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living. And in that, I, in my first chapter, my first positive principle is honor your heritage, which we're really talking about with antiques, honoring your heritage. So, folks, you're listening to Positive Living. You can call in after the break. 
at 888-335-5204. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to voiceamerica.com. The defendant, having been found guilty, is sentenced to a term of five years imprisonment. Defendant will be remanded to custody immediately. On June 4th, my big brother was sentenced to five years in prison for a gun crime. That day, he sentenced me to five years of walking home alone from school. When you commit a gun crime, your family pays the price. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. As I always say, I'm always happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power. The Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I. And that's why my program is here. Positive Living brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. Call us at 888-335-5204. My guest is Emil Jenkins, and her book is Stealing with Style. It's a fabulous article about article, and she's written articles. It's a fabulous book about the world of antiques, and it's a novel. Emil Jenkins is a longtime antiques appraiser who's worked in two auction houses and has numerous books and articles written on antiques, as well as a syndicated column. 
Welcome back, Emil. Thank you. All right, and her website is emiljenkins.com. If you have any people, if listeners have any questions about antiques, can they write to you? Well, yes. Uh, It's best to write through my publisher. I get so many inquiries and so forth. A lot of them get lost, falling between the cracks and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, my publisher is Algonquin Books, which is in North Carolina and New York, and and it's part of the Workman uh, family, and they can write to them. Mm -hmm. All right, A-L-G-O-N-Q-U-I-N. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, speaking of people having questions, what are the most common questions and answers that you get from people who write to you or hear your lectures? How is your book? Well, I'd say that there are two. The first one is always, uh, how do I know if something's old? <laughs> how do I know if it's really old? Because there are so many reproductions out there. And the answer to that is you have to know where to look and what to look for. Every object has some little secret giveaway that will tell you something about the age of it. On China, for example, if you turn a piece over and you see just the name of a country, for example, France or China, then chances are it's going to have been made in the 19th century up into about the end of the 19th century, in other words, 1850, 1870, sometime within that. In 1897, I believe it was, the McKinley Tariff Act uh, passed this law that said that objects had to have the name of every single country um, if something was imported to America, stamped on it or on it somehow. So look for the name of a country. But then after World War one, then you'll see two other words going in there, made in, made in China, made in France. And so then that's going to tell you the piece comes from the 20th century, the 1900s. So it's little clues like that. Um, in furniture, uh, tools changed after the Industrial Revolution, after the 1820s, 1830s. So the marks that these saws and the tools made, the different types of nails, would tell you how old something is. So if you're really going to go after this and study it seriously, you need to get a book, and there are many of them, that will tell you those benchmark signs that will help you identify whether a piece is old or not. So that's kind of a long-winded answer to that question. But the other one is always... Um, how do I know if it's really going to be valuable? Mm-hmm. And for that, I say you have to look for four things. Mm-hmm. Age, of course, but then it's not just age. Not all old things are valuable. You also have to look for quality. How well is something made, whether or not it is a piece of vintage clothing, or a Chippendale chair. And then, how rare is it? Were there lots of these made, or just a few? That will affect value. And then finally, condition. If your china is old and chipped, it's just not going to be as valuable as if it were in perfect condition. So the formula is age plus quality 
plus rarity plus condition equals value. Say that again. Age. Age plus quality mm-hmm. plus rarity mm. plus condition equals value. Mm. Right. So it's not just how old an object is. Right. Right. It's, it, there's a lot of other qualities that go into it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you go to select a house and you say, well, gosh, it's a great location, but the kitchen's in the wrong place now. <laughs> or, or I don't like it being wood. I wish it were brick. In other words, there are all these little things that add up to something being perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens when you're buying an antique uh, or if someone else is buying an antique from you. Uh, what you're willing to pay for it isn't just the fact that it's old. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think that people sometimes stay away from antiques because they think that it, they're too much work? Uh, yes, because you can't put your uh, great-grandmother's Haviland china in the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they think, yeah, this is just too much trouble. Yeah. Well, for those people who love Haviland china, that's great news because that means there's some on the marketplace for them to buy. Or some people will say, that chair's not comfortable. I can't sit in it. Well, that person isn't going to buy the chair, but somebody else will love it and be delighted to have it. And so there's always someone who takes a different point of view. Someone doesn't want it, someone does want it. Right. You know, in your book, Stealing with Style, it's really a mystery. And why don't you give us one of the lessons from your book? For example, just give us a quick little synopsis of something that happens with one of the characters but as a lesson for readers to do or not to do just that thing. Oh, I would love to, because that's really why I wrote the book, uh, was to impart knowledge. And in this, there is uh, an older couple, um, uh, and uh, they become victims Mm -hmm. of some scams that are going on. And uh, this does happen a great deal with the elderly these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are very much aware of the value of antiques, yep. and it's very easy to get into an older person's home mm-hmm. by saying that you've come to do some home repairs or mm-hmm. uh, doing roofing or whatever needs to be done, and in reality what you, they are doing is, quote-unquote, casing the joint. And so this puts an extra responsibility on the younger generation that's responsible for the older generation's well-being. But as an appraiser, I saw this happen very often, very sadly, when I would be helping families divide things for estates, and they would say, well, I wonder where that silver teapot is, or my gracious me, my father had a wonderful collection of guns. They seem to be all gone except this particular one. Or whatever the situation was, a grandmother's favorite rings. Um, oh, it just goes on and on. So you do need to watch out for that sort of thing, particularly with people who you feel may be falling into dementia or um, just are not making wise decisions these days. Very delicate how to handle it, but you need to be aware of it. Mm. Okay, so just 
basically be careful, and that's kind of what the book does. Oh, yeah. You don't want to scare, you don't want to scare no, people. You no. just want to make them aware. No, you just have to be aware of it. And, of course, this is something that's written about a great deal with mysteries. Who done it? Who stole it? Who took it? Who? Whatever it is. And uh, but but be aware of it. And uh, these things don't have to have sad endings either. Mm-hmm. If you become aware of it, and you can stop it, and you keep uh, rings from going around and stealing from people, then this is all very very positive. And many mm-hmm. objects are recovered. Okay. I hear sort of a deep question, and we have a couple minutes before the break. Um. If you had kind of uh, a human message about antiques, kind of a lesson or a message in general for listeners, what would it be? That these objects aren't just things. That they are, as I have said, they are wonderful creations that people put their imagination into creating. They put their craftsmanship into creating. They are little, um, almost condensed chapters of people's lives, the -hmm. things that they treasured, things that meant something to them, something that they wanted to have around them, Mm -hmm. whether or not it was an old book that they treasured or a locket in which they carried a grandmother's uh, lock of hair, as they oftentimes did in the 19th century, or whether or not it's just something that you bought um, at a store that you loved, didn't have to be handmade, would be what we would call collectible these days, something from childhood, Mickey Mouse watch or something, but something that had wonderful association for you, and that's what you have chosen to carry through your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Fabulous. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are talking to Emil Jenkins, author of the novel, Stealing with Style. And Emil Jenkins is a, a well-known appraiser of antiques. She has worked at two auction houses and has written numerous books and articles on antiques. You can log on to emiljenkins.com, E-M-Y-L Jenkins.com, you can call us after the break at 888-335-5204. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, 
politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world, the Internet's number one talk and information station, voiceamerica.com. How can you have a better life on your terms? You can have a better life because you can become better. Stop waiting for everything around you to change. Tune in every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Voice America for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. David Martin, an internationally recognized speaker, will teach you what successful people are doing. So join us Wednesday at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for Life on Your Terms with David Martin. Right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And as I always say, I'm so happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now. So do I. That's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. There's still time to call in at 888-335-5204. Positive Living is here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And my guest today is Emil Jenkins. Her novel is Stealing with Style, which is a wonderfully provocative novel about the mad world of antiques. Emil Jenkins is an experienced antiques appraiser. She's worked at two auction houses and has written numerous books and articles on antiques as well as a syndicated column. She's the author of Emil Jenkins' appraisal book, Emil Jenkins' Southern Christmas, The Book of American Traditions, and From Store-Bought to Homemade, among others. You can log on to emiljenkins.com, E-M-Y-L-J-E-N-K-N-S.com. Welcome, Emil. Back. Welcome back. I'm right. having a delightful time. Well, Thank good. you. Good. Here's the question. You know, there's so many shows right now on decorating and, and, and buying things and, it, and, and also on, on antiques. It seems as though antiques almost have had a revival. Talk Isn't it ironic? That. We think that we're in the 21st century and we're all kept caught up in uh, technology, which, of course, we are. And we're moving forward at this rapid pace, and yet people are longing to learn more about our past, and they're spending more time within their homes. All the shelter magazines, as they're called, and all the programs that are on the uh, cable television these days, and even the network shows, all seem to revolve around the home and how we choose to live our lives and the 
antiques that we have. And it's, I think, it's absolutely delightful. It says you, a whole lot about us. Do you think more people have that, have antiques than before? Oh, I do, I do. And I am finding among the young people, I have uh, daughters who are basically 30 and 35, a son who's 37, and they are all just trying to learn more and more about these things, and they're quite fascinated by them. What do you think it is? What do you think the revival is all about? Well, I think that they realize in this click-click world that we live in that they want that, but they want something that's stable as well, something that will tell them that actually we do have roots and we are here for the long haul and there is some permanence. And that they they can actually find this in the things that are passed on from generation to generation. We find it. Uh, my friends who are all into genealogy tell me that they uh, are just amazed at all their other friends and the research that's being done these days about families. And my friends who are in the antiques business tell me that. They just are amazed at the young people who are coming in and wanting to buy these things. And I think it's all a very strong and healthy uh, psychological aspect to our lives that we want to live in both worlds. Yeah, that's really. And, and so what you're saying is that we're, we're more in tune, do you think, with our heritage than before, Emma? I do. I think we're more in tune with it on every single level. I think we are becoming more appreciative of craftsmanship. For example, I cannot tell you how many times young people say to me, oh, I just bought a new piece of furniture in the furniture store, and do you know it's already cracking or it's just not as sturdy or the finish is already uh, getting all marred? I inherited a piece from my grandmother's family, and it's solid wood, and Gee, it's so sturdy, and the kids can jump on it, and it doesn't fall down. Mm-hmm. And there's a new appreciation for these pieces and how well built they are, and how they mm-hmm. use the actual mm-hmm. real wood and that sort of thing. Well, isn't there also kind of a combining of old and new, where you'll see the very modern and the very old? And I love it. They call it eclectic, and I think it's great because here again it shows that you're living in both worlds. Mm. And it it is very positive. It is a statement of um, I want to have these new things around me at the same time I can appreciate the old. My husband's a computer, and he's a Ph.D. engineer, and he's into all the most modern things. But one of his computers, a, a laptop, is on a 19th century desk that he locked. And I just smile when I walk past it. <laughs> Do you think there is some kind of a a lesson from these old pieces? I mean, you know, when I look at old pieces, they always seem to be almost better made than the newer pieces. Do you think there's a lesson in this? Do you well, think yes, they are better made? They are. Generally, people had more time. and uh, Because they made original fibers, right, and original, original uh, materials. Exactly. And then, as I say, they had more time. There was more pride in craftsmanship, and things were made to last. These mm-hmm. days, we right. live in a very dispensable world. Oh, well, you know, we're going to change our plastic plates from uh, two years ago. Right. We'll just toss these out and right. get some new ones. Unless 
you buy something that's very expensive. Exactly. You have to pay dearly, and then you really have to take care of it because you can't afford to get another one for a long time. Right, exactly. But just uh, in Stealing My Style, one of the little stories that evolved through the book is about a quilt. And um, the story in the book itself goes that uh, a minister stumbles across a homeless fellow who is really complaining because the quilt that he picked up from the Salvation Army wasn't keeping him warm. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the quilt was a 19th century album quilt, which meant that it had been made uh, by someone who depicted in the squares of the quilt things that were meaningful to her. In other words, a robin, for example, sitting on a branch, and uh, a little log cabin. This was a quilt which had been made out in Kentucky or Tennessee in that sort of region. Mm -hmm. turned out the quilt was worth a great, great, great deal of money. Mm. And so something good comes from this, very positive. But at the same time, the quilt was still in existence. It was still in good shape. Longevity, what you were saying, it was meant to last. Granted, it didn't have a whole lot of down in it, and it didn't keep the old man warm, but it was still an object of beauty and could still do its job. All right, we have a couple minutes left. So what do you want people to take away from your books dealing with style and in general? Well, I want them to become more knowledgeable about these objects that they have around them. Uh, each chapter begins with a little Q&A from uh, someone who has written in a question to the protagonist who writes a, a question and answer column. Uh, I think this is a very painless way in a novel to pick up information that uh, you might not want to go to an encyclopedia to find out or you might not want to uh, spend time researching, but when it involves real people in real life situations, then it becomes real and it becomes fun. And I've had a lot of people tell me that they've learned more from reading about uh, or from reading this novel about antiques than they have from reading books, specifically about antiques. So that's been fun. Interesting. And if people are interested, again, in your book, they can go to emiljenkins.com, E-M-Y-L-J-E-N-K-N-S.com. Yes, and, of course, the book is in all the bookstores. It's been very, very successful, a uh, book a Mystery Guild book club selection and gotten wonderful reviews, and it's even on audio these days and uh, being translated into other languages, which comes as a great surprise to me, but very rewarding. It just shows people love antiques, they love <laughs> mysteries, and um, so it's a fun read. Thank you so much for being on the program. Well, it has been my pleasure. You've asked wonderful questions, and I hope some of the listeners have gained information they would not have had otherwise. Folks, my guest has been Emil Jenkins. She's the author of Stealing with Style, a fabulous author about the mad world of antiques, and she's a longtime antiques appraiser, and you can log on to Emil Jenkins, E-M-Y-L, Jenkins.com. Next week, my guest is Rabbi Peretz Scheinerman, Dean of the Providence Hebrew Day School. He will discuss how parents can help their children succeed at school and at home. And for further information, it's phdschool.org. Until next time, folks, I, I want to tell you how much I enjoy 
being here each week and bringing you such amazing guests. I pollinate through the airwaves. My little bumblebee pollinates and brings you the good material so you can have the kind of life that you want. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. For Positive Living, have a great day. Listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.